Good afternoon and a very warm welcome to Great Sacred Music. Today our theme is the life and writings of John Henry Newman. He was a great religious figure of the 19th century and a key in starting the Oxford movement. He was a powerful writer and speaker and some of the texts that he wrote in both prose and poetry have been immortalised through beautiful music and we'll hear quite a lot of his writing today. Our opening, opening piece was They Are At Rest by Edgar, Edward Elgar. Sir, Sir Edward William Elgar was one of the most preeminent English composers of the 20th century, among whose best known compositions are orchestral works, including, of course, the Enigma Variations, the Pump and Circumstance Marches, Concertos for Violin and Cello, and two symphonies. He also composed choral works, including The Dream of Gerontius, chamber music and songs. He was appointed master of the king's music in 1924. Elgar's father owned a music shop and was a church organist who taught his son the piano, the organ and the violin. Apart from that, Elgar was basically self-taught as a musician. At the age of 16, he became a freelance musician and for the rest of his life never took a permanent job. He conducted locally performed, taught and composed. He was really scraping by financially until he married Caroline Alice Roberts, a published novelist of some wealth, in 1889. In 1899, Elgar composed one of his best-known works, The Enigma Variations, which catapulted him to fame. The work is a cryptic tribute to Alice and to the many friends who stood behind the composer in the shaky early days of his career. Elgar's most fruitful period was the first decade of the 20th century. At that time, he wrote some of his best, most expressive music, including the first four of his Pump and Circumstance marches. The first of these, subtitled Land of Hope and Glory, became an, like, an unofficial second national anthem for the British Empire. Elgar wrote the part song we have just heard, They Are at Rest, in 1909, it's an elegy for unaccompanied chorus, which sets words by Cardinal Newman. It was written in response to a commission from Sir Walter Parrott for an anthem to be sung on the anniversary of Queen Victoria's death and was first performed at the Royal Mausoleum at Frogmore in 1910. Next, we're going to follow our tradition at Great Sacred Music and begin by singing a hymn together, which you can find on the inside of your sheet praise to the holiest. This hymn is one segment extracted from a far longer poem, in this case, The Dream of Gerontius by John Newman. John Newman started his life as an evangelical and later became part of the Oxford movement, which sought to recover for the Church of England high church ideals. He was later made a priest in the Roman Catholic Church and a cardinal in 1879. And then much later, he was made a saint in the Roman Catholic Church in 2019. A writer on religious history and doctrine, Newman was celebrated for the quality of his thought, his poetry, and his incredibly powerful command of prose. <coughs> Cardinal Newman's poem recounts the transition made from death to a form of afterlife. 
it's probably best known in its setting by Elgar in his two-part setting of the dream of Gerontius for choir and orchestra. But here, we sing it as a hymn to a tune by Dykes. Praise to the Holiest is in fact the fifth section of a 35-verse hymn. You'll be pleased to know we're not gonna sing 35 verses. We remain seated as the voices stand and lead. Our next piece will be another piece by Edward Elgar, Be Merciful, Be Gracious, also from the Dream of Gerontius, composed in 1900. After completing the Praise to the Holiest Chorus, Elgar wrote to a friend and he said, I think you will find Gerontius far beyond anything I've yet done. I like it. I am not suggesting that I have risen to the height of the poem for one moment. But on our hillside, night after night, 
I've seen in thought the soul go up and have written my own heart's blood into the score. As so often, Elgar linked his music and its inspiration to the landscape of his Worcestershire home. Be Merciful, Be Gracious is from part one of the work in which Gerontius expresses his fear of death and he sings of a sense of ruin which is worse than pain. The chorus of assistants or friends beseech his rescue and then in plain chant they recite the names of those to whose aid God has come before Gerontius dies mid-prayer as a man of faith. Part two is the journey of Gerontius, now referred to as the soul, and he is guided by his guardian angel towards the judgment throne and past demons and angels before he is judged by God and lowered into the soothing lake of purgatory on his way to heaven. The work didn't perform quite as well as Elgar had hoped when he was upset and he wrote to his friend, Providence denies me a decent hearing of my work, so I submit. I always said God was against art and I still believe it. My heart is now shut against every religious feeling and every soft, gentle impulse forever. Clearly felt very strongly about his work. His biographer, um, Gerald Moore, suggests that Gerontius was a wager with himself against the insecurity of the Christian faith. Elgar felt he had given the best of him. So if it was a triumph, it would be God's reward. Soon, actually, it was a triumph. And by 1903, Elgar was composing the oratorio, The Apostles. But in 1906, after completing the kingdom, his religious faith seems to have struggled again. Elgar, like many, find that faith is a journey of ups and downs and that doubt and faith are often two sides of the same coin, that there would be no faith if there was no room for doubt. But we listen now to the choir.
Well, next piece will be a fairly long piece, Lead Kindly Light, by John Stainer. Sir John Stainer was an English composer and organist and one of the leading musicians of his day. He was born in Southwark, London, not very far from here, and his musical education started as a chorister at St Paul's Cathedral. In 1860, he became the organist at Magdalen College in Oxford, where he obtained a BA in 1864 and then an MA and a doctorate after that, before being enrolled as an examiner for Oxford musical degree. And in that post, he, he befriended the composer Hubert Parry. Stainer returned to St Paul's Cathedral as organist from 1872 to 1888, and there he brought the singing of the choir to new heights. He moved back to Oxford then to take up the post of Heather Professor of Music, and he wrote a great deal of church music, both for cathedral and parish use, as well as writing and editing hymn tunes and carols. His 1875 setting of the hymn Hail Gladdening Light is one of his many tunes still in use composed during his time at St Paul's. Lead Kindly Light Amid the Encircling Gloom is a hymn with words written in 1833 by John Henry Newman as a poem titled The Pillar of the Cloud. John Stainer composed his setting to the hymn, the choral anthem Lead Kindly Light in 1868. The words explore the nature of faith as a journey, often in the dark, asking for God's light. Lead kindly light amid the encircling gloom, lead thou me on. The night is dark and I am far from home, lead thou me on. Keep thou my feet, I do not ask to see the distant scene, one step enough for me.
the hymn, Firmly I Believe and Truly, which we're going to sing in a minute, is another hymn by John Henry Newman. This poem is for, from part one of Newman's Dream of Gerontius, in which Gerontius feels that death is near and prays to affirm his faith. His prayer, Miserere Judex Meus, Pace Mihi Domine, have pity, O my judge, spare me, O Lord. That prayer is interspersed with this poem, Firmly I Believe and Truly, which sets out the traditional belief in the Holy Trinity, the incarnation of Christ, and the authority of the church. And so we remain seated as the voices stand and lead, Firmly I Believe. Thank you for joining us today. Um, there will be an opportunity at the end to donate to your retiring collection. You can donate in cash or there are different ways of giving set out on the back of your sheet. Please do join us next week for Great Sacred Music on Thursday at 1 p.m. And if you can't join us each week, please find Great Sacred Music online on our Facebook page or on St. Martin's Digital 24 hours later, later on Fridays at 1 p.m. And if you like this style of concert stroke service, please do join us each Sunday at 3.15 for Choral Classics, our sister program led by members of St. Martin's Voices. We will finish with Arvo Pert's Little More Tractus. Pert is an Estonian composer who celebrates his 79th birthday today. He composes in a minimalist style whilst taking inspiration from Gregorian chant. 
He's been the most performed contemporary composer in the world for the last four years. He was raised in Northern Estonia and studied at the Tallinn Music Middle School, but he abandoned this to fulfill military service where he played the oboe and percussion in the army bands. He later studied at the Tallinn Conservatory and produced music for film and the stage. He worked as a sound producer for Estonian radio. In the late 70s, he converted from Lutheranism to Russian Orthodoxy. He was allowed to emigrate in 1980 with his wife and two sons, first to Vienna and then to Berlin. He now lives alternately in Berlin and Tallinn. Little More Tractus was first performed by the choir of St. Martin in the Fields. It has the feel of an elongated Anglican hymn. In fact, the author of the words was John Henry Newman. It was commissioned by Reverend Bernard Schunemann, the vicar of the church where Newman lived in Little More, to commemorate the anniversary of Newman's birth of 21st of February, 2001. Little More Tractus is based on the final lines of one of Newman's most famous sermons, Wisdom and Innocence, given in 1843 in Littlemore, where he was an Anglican minister at the time. And this short poetical text has found its way into people's prayers. It's now commonly used in Anglican funeral liturgy, and it has been translated into many languages. May he support us all the day long, till the shade lengthen, and the evening comes, and the busy world is hushed, and the fever of life is over, and our work is done. Then, in his mercy, may he give us a safe lodging, and a holy rest, and peace at the last.